Welcome to London Riverside Church Podcast. We hope you have a great day. Sit back, relax and enjoy. Now today we are continuing on in our series in James chapter 2 and we're looking specifically today at James chapter 2 verse 14 to 26. Now this passage of scripture is very famous for a tension that there is between faith and work. So today our title is Faith or Action faith or action. And I was trying to think for my own life, in my own heart, what is going on for me at the moment where I'm having to put these two things into practice, both my faith and also my actions. Well, I was realizing that it's really relevant for me at the moment with my house move. So at the moment, me and my husband, we're trying to sell our masonette and we're trying to buy a house. And I was trying to think, okay, well, I've got faith um, that that can happen, but does that mean that I should just sit there and just wait for the house to come to me? No, it does not mean I should do that. I've got faith that God has got a place lined up for us especially, but I also need to do something to try and get there. We need to save, we need to speak about what exactly we're looking for in the house, we need to plan, and also we need to make many, many phone calls to go on many, many house viewings. If you've ever been there and done that, you'll know it's not a quick process. So for me, in my life at the moment, in order to put this verse into action, I'm actually having to have a bit of faith and also do some work as well. And I wonder for you in your life at the moment, is there anything that's going on where you're having to outwork these two things, both faith and works? There are so many people that I know and also in the Bible that make space for both believing and doing. And actually, we don't know really what's going on inside each person's heart. We don't really know exactly what their faith levels are like or exactly how they're feeling at the moment. But what we can know is what happens on the outside of them. We can't see what's going on on the inside of their spirit, but we can see what's going on and what they are outworking. And so as we read through James today, this is what I want us to be thinking about. There are so many people in the Bible that we can remember that actually put their faith into practice. When I was thinking about this, I was thinking, well, obviously we've got Hebrews 11, where there's a wall of fame for people with much faith, and you're welcome to go and read that. But there are also so many others in the Bible that are not mentioned in Hebrews 11 that had so much faith, which they then outworked. For example, I was thinking that it's faith that made the fishermen give up everything to follow Jesus. It's faith that made Zacchaeus climb a sycamore tree just so he could see Jesus. He didn't know he was going to end up following him, but he just wanted to see him, so faith made him climb up the tree. It's faith that makes Queen Esther risk her life to approach the king and to save her people. It's faith that makes Moses go from his comfort zone in the desert where his family are to then go out back to Egypt into the danger zone and to go and save God's people. It's faith that makes Daniel keep on praying, even though there was a law in the land that was telling people you're not allowed to pray. He kept on praying because of his faith, even though he knew there was a risk of him being thrown into the lion's den. It's faith that makes Joshua march around the walls of Jericho for seven days instead of just charging in to battle like his army had been trained up to do. He had faith in God's word and he just marched around and had to sing song to Jesus and believed in God for the breakthrough. I wonder if someone were to write a faith statement about me, what they would say. It's faith that made Abby dot, dot, dot. I wonder if someone were to write a faith statement about yourself. What would it say? It's faith that made you dot, dot, dot. 
When you look at people around you, I wonder who you can think of that is a good example of demonstrating their faith. What is faith causing them to do? The truth is there's an importance both in faith and in action. But I don't think that God just wants us to focus on just faith or just action. We do need to see the significance of both. And James makes that clear to us in the passage that we're about to read in James chapter 2, verse 14 to 20. He says, What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but you don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing, and you say, goodbye and have a good day, stay warm and eat well, but you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. Now, someone may argue, some people have faith and others have deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I'll show you my faith by my good deeds. You say you have faith, for you believe that there is one God. Good for you. Even the demons believe this, and they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? It's not enough just to believe in our hearts that God is real. It's enough for ourselves, but it's not enough for the rest of the world. It's great if you have faith in your heart, but how does that help anybody else around us? You see, some people read this passage and they think, okay, well, what's more important then? Is it faith or is it actions? They think there's like a bit of a war going on between these two. I actually think that God wants every single one of us to have faith in our heart. I don't think the tension is, oh, what's more important, faith or actions? I think they're both important, but I think every single one of us should choose for ourselves whether we are going to have faith in God or not. And then we need to decide, how are we going to live this faith out? As you can see over here, I've got my nice little tug of war going on. And you know, I like a bit of a visual to help me picture things. And I hope sometimes it helps you to also picture these things, how I'm thinking about them as well. Now, for me, when I think about actions, there's good actions that we can do and there's bad actions that we can do. There's good words that we can say and there's some not so nice words that we can say. And in our everyday life, it's like this tug of war is going on, encouraging us either to do the right thing or to not do the right thing, to say the right thing or to not say the right thing. And as we read through James today, we're going to be reading great stories of people of faith that had faith in their hearts to believe in God for wonderful things, but then outworked that faith in their actions as well. You see, I think the stronger our faith is in our heart, the easier it should be to do the right thing because there's extra faith that's given us extra force to pull us in the right direction, to make the right decisions. The way I see it is that faith is in our spirit and God cares about every part of us and faith is in our spirit and I believe that God has a plan for our spirit, that inside of our hearts he wants every single one of us to believe and trust in him. And then I think that our works and our actions are displayed on the outside, just like our tug of war. People decide what they think our faith is by how we act and by how we speak. What is it that your actions are saying about you? Would people look at you and think you're a person of faith by the way that you are acting, by the way that you are presenting yourself? You see, we don't need works. We need faith in order to be saved by the grace of God, but we don't need the works for ourselves. But we should desire to do the right thing once we have faith. We don't need it, but we should want to. 
Romans chapter 5 kind of takes the pressure off a bit. In verse 1 to 2, it says, Since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into the grace in which we now stand. Our salvation doesn't require works, but the salvation of others might. (laughs) Our salvation doesn't require works, but the salvation of others might. God wants us to believe in him for the sake of ourselves, and he wants us to live for him for the sake of others. You see, we can have this great faith inside of our heart, but what good does that do to the rest of the world if we are losing in our tug of war between the good actions and the bad actions that we can do. Now, as I speak about this today, you will know in your own heart what this is referring to. It's going to look very different to me, how it might look to you, to each and every one of us, the person sitting next to you. All of our battles are very different, but for you in your own life, in your own world, what does this represent? Is it representing conversations that you have? Is it representing things that you do at home? Is it representing um, people that you speak with in the office? What is this representing to you? You see, 1 Samuel 16 verse 7 has a great reminder for us. It tells us that man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So that's fantastic that God is looking at our heart and he sees our faith in our heart. But people, but man, are looking at our outward appearance. They are watching for what decisions we are making. Are we making righteous choices Or are some of our choices maybe needing looking at a little bit and adapting? Sometimes it's hard to know what the right thing to do is. I don't know if you've ever been in some of those situations where you just sit back and you think, what actually is the right thing to do here? It's not always an obvious choice. But there's a verse in the Bible which is very well known, which probably will help us make some of our decisions. It's in Matthew chapter 22, verse 37. It says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All of the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. When people speak about Christianity, sometimes they talk about the fact there's so many rules. They think there's so many rules. But I think that this is a great summary of all the rules. And really what it comes down to is that God wants us to love him and to love people. So as you're making decisions... Are our decisions, are the ways that we're outworking our faith, showing love to God and showing love to people? If there's something putting us one way that is a loving thing to do, it's probably the right thing to do. And if it's putting us the other way and deep down in your heart, you know that's not really showing God love and that's not really showing people love, then it's probably not the right thing to do. James says to show us, show him our faith. James tells us to show him our faith. What faith are we showing by our actions and our words today? James actually gives us two examples in this passage. He gives us the example of Abraham and of Rahab. Of Abraham, he says this, Don't you remember that our ancestor, Abraham, was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see, his faith and his actions worked together. His actions made his faith complete. And so it happened, just as the scriptures say, Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. He was even called a friend of God. So you see, we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not just by faith alone. You can read the story of Abraham for yourself, but I love the fact that he had so much faith in the promises that God gave him. Abraham had faith to the point where when he thought that God was asking him to move out of the land he was living in, he went. He had this decision, I'm sure he had this battle in his heart of, 
well, I can go and I can be surrounded by strangers and live in this foreign land, or I can stay and be of all these people in my comfort zone in this land that I know so well. And he had this tug of war going on in his heart. What is it that he should do? And he chose the option which showed his faith in God's word. You can read about him a bit more in the summary of his life in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. It says, It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going, and even when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith. For he was like a foreigner living in tents, and so did Isaac and Jacob, who inherited the same promise Abraham was confidently looking forward to, a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. Abraham was looking forward to all that God had promised him. And then James gives us this completely opposite example. So he gives us an example of faith in Abraham, and then he goes on to give us an example of faith in Rahab. Abraham was a man of faith. He's known as the father of the faith. He was Jewish. And then you've got Rahab that was a woman. She was known as a prostitute. She was a Gentile. She didn't come from a religious background at all. And I love the fact that James chose these two completely opposite people to demonstrate what faith can look like. James chapter 2, verse 25 says, Rahab the prostitute is another example. She was shown to be right with God by her actions when she hid those messengers and sent them out safely away by a different road. Rahab helped some spies that were sent by God's people. She helped them to escape. And in her heart, she would have known she's got two options here. She can either help the spies to escape and honestly get really in trouble for that and probably be killed for what she had done, or she could not help the spies escape, or she could pretend to help them escape and then actually tell you know, the soldiers where they had gone and then detriment all the plans that they had. But she chose to act out of faith. I wonder today what we're willing to do out of our own faith. Are we willing to be like Abraham and Rahab? Hebrews 11 verse 31 says, It was by faith that Rahab the prostitute was not destroyed with the people in her city who refused to obey God, for she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. We've got this option today. Are we going to do what it is that God wants us to do, or are we not? Are we going to do the righteous things, or are we not? See, we can have this faith in our heart, and if you don't yet have faith in God, then I would love to pray with you for that faith today to infiltrate your whole being. You've got that invitation today to invite Jesus into your heart. And if Jesus is already in your heart and you've already got a faith in him, then how selfish would that be to not outwork the faith and help others to also find a faith in him? We've got these wonderful, well-known people throughout the Bible that are named and known for their faith in God. But there are also others in the Bible that we don't even know their name, and yet their faith in God is written in the Scripture. And I love that because I think, wow, they are not trying to make themselves known. They're just living their average, every day-to-day life without anyone knowing their name, and they are living it in faith. Because what's important to them is Jesus and not the world around them. We can see one such example with the widow at Zarephath in 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 7 to 16. It's a story about Elijah and how he asked this widow, whose name we don't even know, for some bread and some water. And this widow was not really feeling like she's got enough food even for herself, let alone the prophet that was in the town. 
And he wanted her to trust God, not just for herself, but also for her son. And she shared what she had with Elijah. And then Elijah did a miracle with God's power so that she never had to go without ever again. And she always had enough bread and enough water for her whole life and for the whole of her son's life. Then we see another example of someone with no name but that had so much faith in 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1 to 7. It speaks of the widow and her jar of oil. Some of you may know this story. It's the story of the prophet Elisha this time who goes and speaks to the widow and then he asks her for some oil. And she said, well, I'm going to starve. I have nothing. And he said, well, okay, send your son to go and get as many jars from the neighbors as he can find. Bring them back here. And so she did. He didn't tell her why. He didn't tell her, oh, this is the miracle I'm going to do. He just told her, go and get the jars. So she goes, gets all the jars that she can find, brings them back, and then he tells her to pour the oil. So he starts pouring the oil, and it fills up every single jar that she had before it stopped flowing. She had faith to go and do what it was that she felt like God wanted her to do, even though she didn't know what the outcome was going to be. We don't even know her name, but yet she was this great woman of faith. Then we see faith outworked in the Magi, or the wise men that we know from Matthew chapter 2. They traveled for potentially years to go and find this baby Jesus. Just because they saw a star in the sky that they believed was significant, they traveled for potentially years to go and find the Messiah. How far are we willing to go? What are we willing to do with our faith in Jesus? Then in Matthew chapter 15, we see the story of the Canaanite woman. We don't even know her name, but she was desperate for Jesus to do a miracle for her. And from what we read in the scripture, it actually looks like she was the first non-Jewish person that he had done a miracle for. And she believed, even though she hadn't seen it done before, that Jesus was going to do something amazing for her. And so she asked him for what it is that she wanted. She had faith to ask. Do we have faith to ask Jesus for what it is that we need today? And then there's modern day examples. I'm sure you can think of many people, great men and women of faith. One of such examples is a lady called Kathleen Lucas, who you know sadly passed away recently. We had her funeral over this past week. And it was amazing. It was so special at the funeral because one of her students that she taught while she was a missionary in Rwanda was here. Because she went as a missionary for over 30 years to Rwanda and to the Congo. And one of her students actually came and gave his story, his testimony. And he literally said, well, Today I'm here to honor Kathleen and I'm going to be telling you about my testimony. And it was so special as he just unveiled all of her life story that she was involved in with him. And it turned out she basically saved his life. And she would never ever boast about these things herself, but other people basically did the boasting for her about what an amazing woman of God that she was, what an amazing hero of faith. Her faith was revealed by her actions. Kathleen chose to be a missionary, even when she could have been pulled the other way and thought, oh, it's a bit scary. You know, she didn't have a phone at the time. Her parents didn't even know most of the time if she was okay or not. But she left the comfort zone of her family to go and be a missionary for over 30 years, when in her heart, I'm sure so many times there was a battle. Should I do this? Should I not? Should I go back? Should I not? Should I stay? Should I not? What's winning in our heart? And whose name are we trying to make known? When Kathleen went as a missionary, when these widows went to Jesus, when they did what it was that the prophets of God told them to do, 
They weren't doing it for themselves. They weren't doing it so they could be written down in the Bible as these great people of faith or be known in stories as great people of faith. They were trying to make Jesus known. They were trying to act out of their faith. When we do things in our day-to-day lives, when we have conversations, whose name are we trying to make known? Are we trying to make ourselves look good or are we trying to make Jesus known? Jesus. This church is our call to action today. Let's live this out. James chapter 2, verse 26 says, Just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. We don't want our faith to be dead in this place. We want to outwork the faith that we have. Acts chapter 11, verse 24 speaks of Barnabas. And it says, Barnabas was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and strong in faith. They don't know what's happening in Barnabas' heart, All they could see was the outworking of his faith, the decisions that he was making. Are the decisions that you're making outworking the faith that you feel on the inside for all to see? Ever since the Old Testament of the Bible, God has wanted us to have both faith and works. In Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 12, it says, And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God ask of you? But to fear the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to observe the Lord's commands and decrees that I'm giving you today for your own good. God wants us to know him in our heads. He wants us to know him, not just through other people's experience, not just from the stories that we've heard, but from our own experience. There's this beautiful Hebrew word called yadah, and it means to know God through experience. And God in our minds, he wants us to know him for ourselves. God wants us to love him. This verse says that that's what God wants, that's what God requires of us, is to love him. In our hearts, he wants us to love him. Do you love God in your heart? When you really think about what it is that is your priority, when you really think about what it is that's important to you, do you love God? And God wants us to serve him. This verse says that we should walk in obedience with him and serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul to observe his commands and decrees that he's given us today for our own good. Remembering that these commands that he's given us are basically to love God and to love people. Are we outworking our faith? When we have these choices, every day we're faced with different choices. When we have these choices, what are we doing? Are we choosing to walk in obedience with God? Are we choosing to let our faith pull us to do the right thing? Or are we sometimes getting pulled in the other direction? Today we have three choices to make. Are we going to live out this verse? Are we going to be people that don't just have faith on the inside of our hearts for ourselves, but that outwork it in our lives for others? I wonder, church, if you would stand with me today so that we can pray together. And if you're in here today or you're watching online at home and you would love to make one of these choices, then we would love to pray with you. Perhaps you're here today and you want to know God for yourself, not just by hearing stories or through other people's lived experience, but through your own experience. Maybe with all eyes closed, if that's you today and you want to know God for yourself in your mind, maybe you could just put your hand on your head and just say, God, I want to know you. 
I want to yadah you. Maybe you're here today and you want to love God. You've heard about this God and you're like, well, that sounds great for other people. What about me? Does God love me? Well, yes, he does. God loves you with everything. He was willing to die for you, to sacrifice his own life for you. And when Jesus did that, he had you in mind. He had me in mind for all of those wrong choices that we have made, for all those times that we have messed up, for all those times that we have sinned. He's forgiven us. And he loves us and he wants to, us to love him back. And if that's you today, maybe you can just put your hand on your heart and say, Jesus, turn my heart around, turn my life around. I don't want to live for myself anymore. I want to live for you. I don't want to make my own name known. I want to make your name known. Maybe you could just put your hand on your heart today. And if you're here today and you want to serve God, you want to do everything you can to live in obedience to him, that when you have these difficult choices to make, when you're having these hard conversations, we want it to be that you feel empowered to serve God. How is it that you can serve God in church? How is it you can serve God at home? How is it you can serve God in your workplace? How is it you can serve God in your day-to-day life? If you want to be better at serving God or you want to start serving God, maybe you can just put your hands out and say, Jesus, whatever it is that you want me to do, I'm here for it. I want to do it. So maybe today, if that's you, you can just put your hand on your head or your heart or just lay out your hands just to show Jesus, yeah, Jesus, this is the choice that I'm making today. Jesus, I pray for everybody in here, God, that is here today, that is just in their head wanting to know you, that's wanting to yadah you, know you for themselves through their own experience, God. I pray that you are going to do something miraculous in their life, that you're going to turn their minds and their thinking to you, Lord. I pray for everyone that's here today that wants to love you. That's what you've called us to do. You've called us to love you and to love people. And God, for anyone that's maybe feeling lacking in that area of love today, God, I pray that you're going to fill up their hearts overflowing with your love so they can experience you like they've never experienced you before. I pray you're going to fill them up with a profound love for you, one they can never, ever turn away from. Lord, I pray for everyone that's in here today that has just got open hands that's saying, God, use me. I want to be part of your plan. When you say, who am I going to send? We stand here today and we say, God, we want you to send us. Send us into the areas of church we should be serving in. Send us to the areas of work that we should be working in. Send us out to the people of the world. We are here for you to use us and we choose to walk in obedience to you. God, I pray for everyone that's here that is struggling in this area of being pulled in one direction and pulled in the other direction and sometimes getting caught up and going the wrong way. God, I pray for strength and encouraged to always walk in obedience with you, doing the right thing that you have called us to do. And God, I pray for every one of us here today that as we go about our weeks, that you are going to remind us that you've called us to choose you with our heads and our hearts and our hands. Bless us, Jesus, in Jesus' name. Amen. That's all from us here on our LRC podcast. If there's anything else you would like some more clarification on, or you would like to take the next steps in your journey, then why not head over to our next steps page at londonriversidechurch.com forward slash next steps. That's all from us here today, and we hope you have an amazing week.